This special Answers for Elders podcast honoring military veterans is sponsored by Carriage. For more information about Carriage, the website is C-A-R-E-A-G-E dot com. This is Chuck Olmstead. I'm at Patriots Landing in DuPont, Washington. And with me today on our Answers for Elders veterans interview is Ray Hensel. He retired as a lieutenant colonel in the Army and uh, Ray, I want to welcome you to Answers for Elders and to have you tell your story. Okay, thank you. Well, it's good to meet you. You you told me when you walked in that you are 94 years old. Right, 1924. Born, born in 1924. Yes, Seattle, Washington. Born in Seattle. Right. So you're a Seattle native. Right, Ballard part of Seattle. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Ballard at that time... Probably, uh, were any of the bridges across the water there, the Aurora Bridge or any of those, were they existing at that time? Not the Aurora. That came later. But the Ballard Bridge was there and also the railroad bridges there. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So you could get into the lower Queen Anne area through the Ballard Bridge. Yes. Interesting. In 1920. Magnolia and that area. Yeah. What was that area like back there in 24? Was it mostly woods or was it residences? Or Ballard was uh, was down. It had been a town before it uh, before it became part of Seattle. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, at that time, it, if it had been a town, it would have been the fourth largest town in the state of Washington. And so we had our, our, our shopping area. And we had cresses and Woolworths and uh, pennies, and uh, also we had the the lodges, the the, the uh, Elks and the Eagles and the Masons and and churches and all. And uh, we had uh, about five elementary schools, and uh, one junior high school, James Monroe, and Ballard High School, of course. Yeah. So 1924, you would have been five years old when the Depression hit. Yes. You remember that, of course. I remember a little later, yeah. Uh-huh. I was, I was fortunate in that my father was able to keep a job right on through it, or a business. What did he do as a, for a living? Uh, interesting. He and my, my mother's father, my granddad, uh, opened the first hamburger shop in Ballard. Really? Down, down on Ballard Avenue, it was Gus and Harry's, and my dad's Gus and Harry's, my granddad. And it was the first r- real hamburger shops, and the hamburger cost a nickel. And they <laughs> had uh, chili, and then my mother used to go over and bake pies every day, and they finally they got, they got ice cream and came up with ice cream for pies, too. And they kept the place for uh, about three or four years. And then my uh, dad got to, got to go to work at the uh, uh, locks uh, down there. At the Ballard Locks. At the Ballard Locks. Now, I was going to ask you, because I don't know the Seattle history that well, when were the, the Ballard Locks built? Was that during that time? I, I think it was shortly after World War One. I. I believe it was uh, like in... Uh, the, the late 17s or early 20s, I believe. That so time. it wasn't part of the CCC at that time. No, no, no. It wasn't. No. It was earlier than that that yeah. the locks were built. Yes. And then, uh, then the Montlake cut was that a part of that whole process as well? Uh, yes. They, uh, 
Going into Lake Washington. Yes. Yeah, Lake Washington, that cut, and yeah. the Ballard Locks were all part of the same project. Correct, yes. Interesting. Yeah. So what was life like for you in Ballard in the in the late 1920s? Well, I enjoyed the place, and uh, they were very... And it was a, a primarily a Scandinavian area. They, there were Norwegians more. I believe there were more New Norwegian people than there were Swedish people, and they're easy people to live with, and uh, we got along fine. My uh, my family w- were German. My, my uh, great grandparents, who did not live out in Seattle, came from Germany. And so there, there was a small German community like Castner's uh, Meat Market, and uh, there was a, a grocery store that was private, a mom and pop grocery, uh, primarily uh, German people and that sort of thing. But uh, we got along fine, uh, no problems at all with the, with all the Scandinavians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's track forward ahead. You, uh, I have a feeling you graduated from Ballard High School. Uh, I graduated from Ballard High School. However, there was a, a, a little interruption. Uh, the, I was in the class of 1942. Uh-huh. And in, on December the 7th, 1941, they bombed Pearl Harbor. So uh, on two days later, that was on a Sunday. Right. And so on Monday, we went into Ballard High, and you know, all the, the seniors were talking. And so on Tuesday... Five of us went down and joined the Navy. So as a senior, I left school and went and joined the Navy. And, and how old were you at that time? I was 17, two months short of 18. And they would let, did you have to have your parents' permission to do yes, that? Yes, yes. At 17? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, 18, you wouldn't, but um, but my my dad had been in uh, in the Navy in World War One, So I was always... Very fond of the Navy, just hearing from my dad. And when this came, we went to it. And as I say, five of us went in. Uh, We were separated after we went down to San Diego. But all five of us lived through the war. You all made it? All made it, yeah. And so what uh, ship did you serve on then? Well, I served on the... um, it was a refrigerator ship, the largest refrigerator ship in the Navy, and no one ever knows about it. It was called the USS Aldebaran. And it, uh, uh, we spent right from the, actually, I, I went in the Navy right in December, and I was in Pearl Harbor already on February the 2nd. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Two months later on the ship I was Two, on. Wow. And, and so... Well, I'm sure that you still saw a lot of the destruction of Pearl Harbor then uh, and what had happened. Just an amazing thing. It was so beautiful coming into into Oahu there with the water so blue and everything. And then we got in foot foot deep on the, wa- on the water in Pearl Harbor oil just from the ships that we had. And that's two months later. But uh, we we had food on board the ship and... I crossed the equator uh, nine times, uh, hitting the South South Pacific Islands and the, ship, the our Navy down down on the South Fiji, Samoa, and of course Hawaii time and again, and then. So, was a is a refrigerator ship uh, much like a cargo ship where you were hauling food stuff? Five holes in the thing and. 
and two the two after holes were refrigerator and then the front part were, were dry foods and things like yeah. that yeah. So you were hauling food all over the Pacific. All over the place, yeah. And it was a, it was a good ship too to be on. We because we got back to to San Francisco every six weeks to get new supplies, so uh-huh. we could go out again and back again. Then so so the waters that you were in were were they dangerous? But, uh, we were lucky enough. We were further south than the real dangerous, but they, we were always on the lookout and. Uh, I heard that one time we got hit by a, a, a torpedo that did not explode. That's mm. they were sure that it hit the noise and everything. But so we we uh, saw uh, planes and things, but we always had help around us. That's got to be an incredible experience as a 17-year-old to be leaving home to go to go off to war to go to sea. And one of the great breaks was. Our, the, as I said, we got back every six weeks. We came in in June of 42 into San Francisco, and they're having graduation for Ballard High School at the University of Washington. And uh, uh, one, I had one guy that out of the five was still with me, Bill Jones. And we went and saw the executive officer. Could we go home for graduation? And they said yes. And we were the first guys off the ship since the war started, to get any leave. And some of the old-timers are saying, I couldn't come when I, my wife was having a baby, and those guys got to go to the school. And we got to come, and they gave us graduation at the University of Washington, not from the University of right, Ballard right, High School. Right. And uh, Well, so. I would imagine, you know, you walk in there with your Navy uniforms on, probably as a graduate, walking in to graduate, and I'm sure a lot of folks paid quite a bit of attention to yes, you. Yes, we got a, a, a nice clapped hands when we they, when we stepped up. Of course. Yeah. Well, I don't think the younger generation recognizes the the war effort that took place and the fact that the entire country was was involved in in what they would call the war effort, whether you were serving in the military or whether you were working at home yeah. for some sort of you know, military project of some yeah. sort, you know, to to help in the war in some way. Yeah, I um, I was a signalman, a visual signalman. They don't even have those in the Navy anymore, the radio and everything. Uh, and uh, they sent me down to Camp Pendleton, the Marine base down north of San Diego. And I trained with them and went in on the invasion of Guam. And I was in the Beachmaster's party, so the Beachmaster, if you wanted to talk to a ship, I was a signalman and talked to the ship with, with visual signals. They didn't like to use the radio because the Japanese could intercept that. And so I went in on the invasion of Guam, and I then after the invasion, I got to stay at Guam for 18 months, and I had the, the, the major signal tower there, and... Uh, uh, we stayed there till the war ended. Oh, and, and so other, that so that sing, when you're talking signaling, so it was basically flags, right? Well, lights, 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 mostly yeah, lights, mostly lights. An interesting thing after the war ended, uh, and the U.S. Missouri pulled in to Guam, and right by my signal tower, I was there. And one night, General MacArthur, Admiral Nimitz, and Admiral Halsey. All of them, five-star, were down below talking, and I was looking down at these 
three famous uh, leaders. You are a witness to history. Yeah, and they got on board the Mazur and went to to uh, Japan for the for the signing of the signature. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So you ended uh, World War II coming back. Uh, you came back to Ballard at that time after after the war. I got married and came back to Ballard and went went to the University of Washington. Just another interesting. If I may go oh, into the University sure. of Washington. The Navy sent me to the University of California, Berkeley, for two semesters. And while there, I met the lady that is now my wife of 72 years, Doris Trogdon was her name. So they, I went, and then when the war ended, I went on the GI Bill to the University of Washington and three years. And uh, then I went into the Army. And I, while I was in Germany, the University of Maryland has... Class, classes for the troops over there. So I've got my Bachelor of Science degree from the University of Maryland, and they had a gra graduation ceremony at the University of Heidelberg, and that's where my great-grandfather graduated from. But then, after that, my, after my bachelor's degree, the Army sent me to the University of Alabama for two years, and I got my master's degree. And I, so I have master's degree, and I didn't pay any of my own money <laughs> for the whole thing, and I feel sorry for kids now getting in debt for the rest of their yeah. lives. Yeah. What was your master's in? In, uh, in uh, uh, logistics, and, and uh, it was master's in business administration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So after, uh, after the war and, uh, and your stint in the Army, how much longer did you stay in the service? Uh, Nineteen years in the Army. Four, mm -hmm. four years. I was in the Navy from de December of 41 to December of 45. And then I went into the Army uh, in uh, 1948 and uh, was in 19 years. Yeah. So you uh, did not have to go to Korea? I went to Korea after the war. I see. Yeah. 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 And so I went over there. I was in the Korean military advisory group. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So after your, your time in the service, what did you decide to do? I, well, first I went to work with Boeing and, uh, in an administrative job, and um, I, I wasn't too happy with it. And so I went to work for the state, state government, and I worked for the Washington State Liquor Control Board, and I was supervisor of licensing for the latter part of my tour there, I was there for for uh, uh, 15 years, and so I have a half retirement from the state board in addition to my military retirement. Interesting, yeah. yeah. So, Ray, tell me about. Uh, well, I'm sure you, I'm sure you've seen so many changes in Seattle. Oh yes, from yeah. 1924 until now. Yeah. What? Tell me, give me some memories. Of course, the '62 World's Fair. You were back. Were you back in the area for that? Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, I was not back. You were not I, back here. But I, uh, one of the leaders there, uh, uh, Louis Larson, is he's still getting written up for. He was very prominent in the in that, and he mm -hmm. was a classmate of mine at Ballard High. Yeah. Uh, he's still around. Yeah. So do you get the chance to go up to, uh, towards the city much uh, still these yes, days? Yes, uh, well, for, I went, I, you, for a while until I got my knees and couldn't go at night, I, I was a, 
a rabid University of Washington football fan. In fact, interesting, uh, the first game I went to was 1928, and uh, I was four years old, and we beat Washington State College six to nothing. <laughs> and then after I was an adult, I always had season tickets. There, you know? I've always been a wild Husky fan. Still am, but... Uh, what was your favorite team? What was your favorite 36, year? 1936. Really? Why? Haynes, Kane, Logan, Negroski. That was our backfield. Uh, <laughs> you still remember them. Yep, that's right. They, um, they, they started the season against the University of Minnesota, who was number one in the country in those days, odd to say, but that Minnesota had a great... And uh, we lost, I think it was 14-7. to seven. And then Stanford had been to the Rose Bowl three years in a row, and we played Stanford and tied them. So then we played the University of Pittsburgh for the... Uh, in the Rose Bowl, and they beat us too. Wow, <laughs> wow. But we were, other than that, we won everything, so it was a good team. When's the last time you've been able to get to a game? Uh, two years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. Still love to go there. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love it. I, so I, I watch it on television uh -huh. every game. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I think we might win the championship this year. You think so? Yeah. We got a chance? We got a real, we have a tremendous coach. Boy, we're lucky to have that fellow Peterson. Uh-huh. Quality it, guy. Yeah. If they offered me my choice that I could have anyone in the country, I'd take Peterson. Would you? Yeah. Have you had a chance to meet him at all? Yeah, one time, yeah. Shook hands with him one time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure you're kind of known around there, having been there for so many years. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Too many people there. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Yeah. Well, tell me how you ended up at uh, Patriots Landing. What uh, When uh, when you decided to... We were living in, in Olympia. In fact, I lived in four different places in Olympia. Liked each house, house, but for one reason or another, that we didn't need one as large, or uh, we wanted to be closer to uh, to uh, Madigan Hospital and so on. And we were living uh, in Olympia at a, an area called uh, Indian Summer. It's a golf course. Uh huh. And uh, our, our, my daughters, we have four daughters, very adult daughters. And they came and said, Dad, you're getting old enough. You better get someplace because it won't be long and you might not be driving anymore. And so they, they went around and checked the retirement places. We got in on January the 20th, two years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I like it very much. It's a nice. We have a cottage not because we've got a dog and a cat. I didn't want to put a dog and a cat upstairs in, the, in an apartment. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I want to thank you for your service. I want to thank you for your story. You've got an incredible story. <laughs> and fun. for 94 years old, you're doing quite well. Well, thank you very much. Well, take care. Thank you very much. Thank you. This has been a special Honoring Veterans presentation of Answers for Elders, brought to you by Carriage. For more information about Carriage, the website is C-A-R-E-A-G-E dot com. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families, too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. 
please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.